Blog Talk Radio. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Praise God from whom all blessings flow, and welcome to the Purpose Kingdom Network. This is our 1,718th um, episode, and we praise God for the opportunity to be able to share the Word of God with the listeners. I am your host, Evangelist Cheryl Johnson, President and Founder of the Women in Word Ministries, and this is In Search of the Truth coming to you live from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, in the United States of America. You can listen to us on your computer at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Purpose Kingdom. That's www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Purpose Kingdom. Or you can dial in at 319-527-6091. That's 319-527-6091. The Bible declares in Psalm 119, verse 160, Thy word is truth the beginning, from the beginning, and every one of thy judgments endure forever. John 17:17 17, 17 says, Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. And John 3:32 says, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So if you're looking for freedom tonight, if you're looking for deliverance tonight, if you're looking for encouragement tonight, if you're looking for a way out tonight, if you're looking for a word from the Lord tonight, you will find it in the word of God. Let's pray. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all of the earth. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for your goodness and for your grace. For your loving kindness, it is better than life. We thank you, Lord, for who you are and what you're yet doing in the lives of your people for another day and another opportunity, Lord, that you're giving us to gather around to hear what thus saith the Lord. Lord, I ask that you would hide me behind the cross, that they might not hear me, but they would hear you, Lord, speaking through me, and that, Lord, you would speak to their spirit, Lord, and that, Lord, you would bring forth fruit, and that that fruit would remain in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that your word will fall on good ground, Lord, and let us not just be hearers of the word, but let us be doers also. These things we ask in the mighty, matchless, and miraculous name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, and amen. The topic tonight has to do with the with the fact that God has no limits. God has no limits. And uh, the Lord led me to a very familiar passage, or a semi-familiar passage, shall I say, in 1 Kings chapter 20. 1 Kings chapter 20. And we'll be looking at a few scriptures there and learning from that scripture. And my, my, my thought or theme for tonight simply is no limits. No limits. Come with me to 1 Kings chapter 20. First, just looking at verses 1 through 8. And there you find these words. I'll be reading from the King James Version, and your Bible will have words similar to this. 
And Benadad, the king of Syria, gathered all his hosts together, and there were thirty-two kings with him, and horses and chariots, and he went up and besieged Samaria and warred against it. He sent messengers to Ahab, king of Israel, into the city and said to him, Thus saith Ben-Hadad, Thy silver and thy gold is mine, thy wives also and thy children, even the goodliest, are mine. And the king of Israel answered and said, My lord, O king, according to thy saying, I am thine and all that I have. And the messengers came again and said, Thus speaketh Habenadab, saying, Although I have sent unto thee, saying, Thou shalt deliver me thy silver and thy gold and thy wives and thy children, yet I will send my servants unto thee tomorrow about this time, and they shall search thine house and the houses of your servants, and it shall be that whatsoever is pleasant in thine eyes, they shall put it in their hands and take it away. Then the king of Israel called all the elders of the land and said, Mark, I pray you, and see how this man seeketh mischief, for he sent unto me for my wives and for my children and for my silver and for my gold, and I denied him not. And all the elders and all the people said unto him, Hearken not unto him, nor consent. Hearken not unto him, nor consent. If you skip down to verse 13, 13, it'll say, And behold, there came a prophet unto Ahab, king of Israel, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Hast thou seen all this great multitude? Behold, I will deliver it into thine hands this day, and thou shalt know that I am the Lord. And skip down to verse 20. And they slew every one his man, and the Syrians fled, and Israel pursued them, and Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, escaped on a horse with the horsemen. And the king of Israel went out and smote the horses and the chariots and slew the Assyrians with a great slaughter. And the prophet came to the king of Israel and said unto him, Go strengthen thyself and look or mark. See, when thou, see what thou doest. For at the return of the year, the king of Syria will come up again against you. He's going to come back. And the servants of the king of Syria said to him, Their gods are the gods of the hills. Therefore they were stronger than we. But let us fight against them in the plain, and surely we shall be stronger than they. And then come right on down to verse 27. The children of Israel were numbered and were all present and went against them. And the children of Israel pitched before them like two little flocks of kids. But the Syrians filled the country. So in other words, children of Israel were sorely outnumbered. Verse 28. And there came a man of God and spake unto the king of Israel and said, Thus saith the Lord, because the Syrians have said the Lord is God of the hills, but he is not God of the valleys. Therefore, Will I deliver all this great multitude unto thine hands, and you shall know that I am the Lord. And they pitched over against the other seven days, and so it was, that in the seventh day of the battle, when it was joined, and the children of Israel slew, slew the Assyrians, a hundred thousand footmen in one day. But the rest of Aphek 
into the city, and there a wall fell on twenty and seven thousand men that were left. And Ben-Hadad fled and came to the city into an inner chamber, the word of God for the people of God to glorify God. And what I read, and I needed to read all that just so you can kind of get the gist of where I'm going when I say that there is no limits. In other words, I'm saying God has no limits. Why is it that at the time of our greatest difficulties or times of our distress, we think that the problem or the dilemma or the circumstance is too hard for God to handle. Is it because we have put our own limitations or logical thoughts on God? In other words, perhaps we think that if we can't logically see a way out, then we conclude that there's no way out. But I got news for you, saints and friends of the Most High God. That can't be further from the truth about our God. Because our God has no limits. Luke 18:27, Jesus says this, What is impossible with man is possible with God. And we have to have the faith to believe just that. Now, I read a, a, a lot of passages in 1 Kings chapter 20. And the gist of it is simply this, that the king of Assyria, Ben-Hadadad, Uh, had uh, 32 other kings as allies with him, and they surrounded the city of Samaria, whose king was Ahab. Now, I've got to make something very, very clear. At this time, when this particular war had gone on, the uh, children of Israel had been divided into the northern kingdom and to the southern kingdom. King Ahab was the king over the northern uh, kingdom at that time. And he was being he was being threatened or besieged or surrounded by the king of Syria. Right? And uh, the king of Syria said to him, sent a message and said, look, I'm going to destroy Samaria and I'm going to take everything that you owe. I'm going to take your silver, I'm going to take your gold, I'm going to take your women, and I'm going to take your children. Now, because King Ahab looked with his natural eye and said, we're much smaller than them, plus they got 32 other nations are joining Syria to come up against little old us, then here's what I think I'm going to do. I'm going to say, yeah, whatever you say, that's what I am going to do. That's what we read in the first seven verses. That's what I'm going to do. Just so he could uh, save the bloodshed and all of that, he thought that it would be easier for him to give up everything rather than to have uh, King Ben-Hadadad of, of Syria come and destroy Samaria. And he thought that was going to appease the king of Syria, but it didn't. Instead, it only made the king of Syria bolder because this king of Syria comes back and sends messengers back to King Ahab and said, look, I know I told you that, uh, you know, I'm going to come, that uh, that you need to voluntarily give up your silver, your gold, your children, your women and all that. But here's what I'm going to do. Tomorrow, I'm going to send some soldiers down to your house and down to your servant's house, and we're going to take whatever we want. 
not just the silver, not just the gold, not just the women, not just the children, but anything we see fit to take, we're going to do it. And the Bible says that King Ahab now goes to the elders and said, look, I said I was going to do whatever he said. And now he's threatening to do something worse to me, and I'm not liking none of this. And the elders said to him in verse 8, don't listen to him and do not consent. Why am I talking about that? I'm talking about that because... Some of you, under the sound of my voice, myself included, um, have had bouts with illnesses, and uh, you could still function, right? So you just kind of like coped with it, kind of like said, oh, "Well, you know, okay, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just be all right with this. I'm not gonna." I'm just going to accept whatever symptoms come that this way, and it's going to pass. But instead, it begins to worsen, and it begins to threaten you to incapacitate you. And now you're reconsidering your options. Well, just like uh, the king Ahab thought that appeasing the king of Syria was going to make things easier, well, it just made things worse. And now he reconsidered his options, and he listened to the elders who said, don't listen to him. Don't even consent to any of that. What am I saying? When things come up against you that are difficult, and you say to yourself, well, I think I can just cope with this. I think I'll just let it ride. I think I'll just let it be because it's going to pass. And then it doesn't. It doesn't get better. It starts to get worse. That's when you have to reevaluate things and begin to say, am I going to look at the problem? Am I going to look at the symptoms? Am I going to look at the illness? Am I going to look at the depression? Am I going to look at the circumstance? Or am I going to look to the Lord, to the hills from whence cometh my help, because my help comes from the Lord who made the heaven and earth? And will I decree and declare that I won't hearken to it, to it. Will I decree and declare just because I think I don't have a chance? Will I decree and declare that my God, who I serve, who has no limits, gives me all the chances that I need and that he can take care of that thing? Is God, this is my question, is God to you a God of no limits? Because what I'm saying is, You've got to get to a point when you truly believe that your God has no limits. Let's get back to the story and see why we continue to talk about this. Let's get back to the story and see what's happening here. Ahab uh, decides that he's going to take a stand, that he's not going to put up with what Benadad has uh, been threatening him with. And we began to read where, here it is, where they come, to, they come to war. And Ahab actually defeats Benadad in the high country, in the hills. Right? Why? Because Benadad thought that Israel wouldn't be able to beat them because it was only a little bit of people. So he took them very, very lightly. 
But what he didn't realize is that God was on King Ahab's side, the children of Israel's side. Remember, we read a little earlier, it said that the prophet came and told Ahab, look, because they don't believe who you serve, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to deliver them up into your hands so that, here it is, so that you will know, so that you will know that I am the Lord. It's right there in verse 13. Behold, there came a prophet unto Ahab, king of Israel, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Hast thou seen all this great multitude? And behold, I will deliver it into thine hands this day, and thou shalt know, you will know, that I am the Lord. What we have to get to a point in our lives is, and, and sometimes God's got to make that very clear to us, after we decide that we're not going to succumb to the illness, uh, succumb to, to whatever that is that has come up, the problem, the dilemma, the trial, the tribulation, whatever it is, and we make up in our minds, hey, you know what, I'm not going to uh, accept the doctor's diagnosis. I'm not going to accept what they say. God still has to show up in our lives and say, okay, you made a really bold statement, but so that you can really understand who I am, so that you can really validate who I am, this is what I'm going to do. Look at your situation, and you know you can't handle it. But I'm telling you this day, I'm going to handle it for you, and you will know, not your enemy, you will know that I am God the God of no limits. So that's what the Lord does. But you think it's over, but it's not over. Because just like that illness you sought the Lord about, it subsides for a season because you declared that the Lord could take care of it. But how about this? Then it returns. What are you talking about? Well, when we continue to read the story, we find out that the prophet tells uh, King Ahab in verse 22, he says, look, um, you better strengthen yourself and mark yourself and see and watch what you do. For at the return of the year, the king of Syria will come up against you again. So just when you think that illness is gone, and you're celebrating because you know that God did that for you, that illness might come back. Why would that illness come back when I decreed and declared that my God has no limits? Well, how about this? Two reasons. One, God is sovereign. He's in control. Two, is to strengthen you even the more to trust God. Because the adversary, here it is, the adversary of sickness, of depression, of, of dilemmas, of circumstances, of situations, of trials, and all of those things, he doesn't give up just because he was defeated one time. No, he's going to come back a different way. And he's going to come back stronger, just like the Word of God tells us here in First Kings chapter 20. And the prophet foresaw, foresaw that. And he told, he said, look, Ahab. God defended you. That's true. But you still can't let your guard down. You still got to decree and declare who God is. You still got to stand on his word. 
still got to stand in the presence of God. You still got to declare who he is. You still have to do that. Strengthen yourself because this same enemy, he's going to come back again in a year, and he's going to be even stronger than he was when you defeated him in the high country. When you defeated him, rather, in a high country, in, here it is, in the hills. So when that happens to you, when this thing comes back on you, right, new symptoms, all this kind of stuff, they can't even identify it this time, Yeah, new side effects, all things that kind of happen, and it refuses to leave you, what do you need to do? Well, Jesus tells us in, in Matthew chapter 17, or 16 to 20, read it when you get a minute, when his disciples could not cast the, uh, the demon out of the young boy. And Jesus said, well, you know, you lack faith. That's number one. But he said, number two, sometimes these things come out by through nothing but prayer and fasting. So here's my question. And that was my question to myself when I was in that dilemma. I told you I had, that, I had a, uh, an illness that challenged me just that way. I thought it was going to came back. And I said, you know what, Lord, I already decreed and declared what you would do. But Lord wanted more from me. He wanted more of my attention. He wanted more of my sincerity. He wanted more of me to focus on him. And so what did I do? I began to pray and I began to fast because I knew the Lord was going to do something. Amen. And at this time, it wasn't to convince me that he's a God of no limits. But it was convinced the illness that he's the God of no limits. And in our story here in 1 Kings chapter 20, when, when the king of Syria comes back, he now is going to be convinced that the children of Israel serve a God of no limits. Come with me. Come with me. Come on. This, is, I, this really excites me. Come with me. Come with me. Verse uh, 23. And the servants of the king of Syria said, their gods are gods of the hills. Therefore, they were stronger than we were. But let us fight against them in the plain, and surely we shall be stronger than they. You see that? The king of Syria, did, he didn't know the God that, the king, of, that the, the king of Israel and the children of Israel served. He didn't know that for himself. He figured that the God that they served was just to only defend them in the high country. He says, so we're going we're gonna to fight them on flat, flat land. And because we outnumber them and because we can surround the cities and because we're stronger and we're, you know, we're, we're, 30, we're, we're 23 legions long, allies long or nations long, oh, yeah, we can beat them in, on the flat ground in the plains. That's what they decreed and declared. Is that in verse 23? Mm -hmm. That's in verse 23. He really believed that the God of Israel was limited. But he soon found out that the God of Israel, our God, has no limits. And he found out that God's deliverance is intentional. What are you talking about? Oh, boy, I love this. I love this. And this should encourage us. Verse 27. And the children of Israel were numbered and were all present and went against them. Talking about, talking about the Syrians, right? And the children of Israel pitched before them like two little flocks of kids. They looked like 
two flocks of sheep, not a whole lot, against the Syrians who fill the entire country, the Bible says. So if you can imagine what the odds are now, remember the prophet told uh, Ahab, he said, you better strengthen yourself because they're coming back next year and they're going to be twice as strong as they were before. All right. Here it is. First, uh, that's verse 27, right? Verse 28. And there came a man of God, spake to, spake to the king of Israel and said, Thus saith the Lord, because the Syrians have said, The Lord is God of the hills, but he is not God of the valleys. Therefore will I deliver all this great multitude into thy hands, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. And they pitched one over against the other for seven days. In other words, they fought for seven days. And so it was that in the seventh day the battle was joined, and the children of Israel slew the Assyrians. And how many did they slay? How many did they slay? A hundred thousand footmen in one day. I can't even imagine that. And then verse thirty says. But the rest fled to Aphet into the city, and there a wall fell upon 27,000 of the men that were left. And the only one left was Abinadad, and he fled. What am I saying? Remember I said a little earlier that because they thought that God had no limits, they thought they could beat them in the plains, and because we serve a God who has no limits, He's God of the hills and the valleys, and that he will intentionally deliver. He'll do that intentionally. Well, we look at those verses, and we find out not only did the children of Israel have the strength to, to, to slay the majority of uh, the Syrians' armies right there in the plains, but those who thought they were escaping the sword, the Lord allowed a wall, listen, a wall to fall on, not, not the children of Israel, no, a wall to fall on 27,000 of them, right, and slay the rest of them. And the only one who was left, according to the word of God, was Benedict. Now he knows that God that Israel served is not only the God of the hills, but also the God of the valley. As a matter of fact, he really understood that the God of Israel was a God of no limits. And I come to tell you today that no matter what you're facing or what you're going through, nothing is too hard for God. Don't put God in a box. Why? Because he has no limits. He's always showing up and he's always showing off his greatness and he's showing off his sovereignty. In sickness, he's healer all the time. Why? Because he has no limits. In poverty, he's provider. Why? Because he has no limits. In danger, he's your protector. Why? Because he has no limits. In distress, he's your deliverer. Why? Because he has no limits. In confusion, he is way maker. He is miracle worker. He is a wonder working God. He's the God of the hills, the gods of the valleys, the gods of your up, the gods of your down. He's God with you always, and he's always with you. Why? Because he has no limits. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And what does he say? 
He says, put your trust in me and decree and declare what I can do for you, and I'll show you who I am. I'll line it up. I'll take care of that for you. And and stop thinking logically with your mind because your logic is no match for what I can do. This is what God is saying. Amen. Because God is trying to get us, and I realize that in my sickness, I have to come to the realization that just decreeing and declaring it with my lips, but not really knowing it down in my heart or feeling it in my heart. Why? Because that sickness came back stronger, and yes, uh I'm going to put my hand up. Yeah, I began to doubt that I really was healed in the first place. And then God said, you know what? I can take care of that as well. It's got nothing to do, but what I need you to do, Cheryl, is I need you to trust me even more. I need you to lay yourself out before me even more. I need you to pray and fast so I can talk to you personally and let you know behind a shadow of the doubt that I can do anything but fail in your life. And somebody needs to hear that today, that we serve a God who can do anything but fail in your life. He can make wrong things right. He can straighten out every crooked path in your life. He can do it. He's a God of no limits. It doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter what it looks like. He is God of the hills and the valleys. He is God all by himself. He has no limits. Stop putting him in a box. Stop limiting him by your own limited imagination and mind and let him be God all by himself in your life. A songwriter wrote this song. On the mountains, I will bow my life to the one who set me there. And in the valleys, I'll lift my eyes to the one who sees me there. When I'm standing on the mountain, I didn't get there on my own. And when I'm walking through the valleys, I know I am not alone. Why? Because he's God of the hills and the valleys. And I am not alone. Saints and friends of the Most High God, saints and friends of the God of no limits, listen. Continue to seek the Lord. Continue to believe that he has no limits because he really doesn't have any limits at all. He is with you, and more than that, he is for you. You will be victorious. You will be healed. You will be delivered. He's the God of the hills and the valleys, and he has no limits. Nothing is too hard for God. Please, ma'am, please, sir, hear what I'm saying today and get it down in your spirit. If you have any inkling or any doubt whatsoever, then get before the Lord like I did through prayer and through fasting. Lord, show me, not only convince me, make me to know of a surety that you are who you say you are. Come in. Show up and show off, and I will surely know that you are the Lord. And then anyone around me will also know that you are the Lord and that you are intentional about your deliverance. You're intentional about your healing. You're intentional about making sure things are straightened up or rightened in my life. Lord God. You have no limits. Forgive me for putting you in a box, for setting borders around you, for you're God of the hills and the valleys, and you have no limits. 
Grab onto that today. Trust God. Believe that in your heart. And I'm telling you, God will show up and God will show off and everyone will know who he is. And how about this? And who he is to you in your life. He has no limits. Amen? Amen. Now, I know I said a lot um, today, and maybe some of you know who I'm talking about when I talk about the Lord God who uh, has no limits, who can do anything but fail. Nothing is too hard for him. But then there might be those of you out there not sure who I'm talking about or not familiar with or don't even know who he is and are without hope and about ready to give up. Well, I want to talk to you tonight and let you know you don't have to give up because surely we serve a God who has no limits. We have a, we serve a God who sits high and looks low and is concerned about everything in your life. And you can get to know this God that I'm talking about. You can get to know Jesus. You can get to know who his son is, the Lord Jesus Christ. And then when you connect up with the Lord Jesus Christ, he's promised you the Holy Spirit, which is going to give you the power that you need to push forward. Oh, you're still going to have some tribulations in your life. You're still going to have some trials. But the word of God says, but behold, I've overcome the world. But you've got to get to know who Jesus is. Why? Because man's condition is that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so certainly there's a destination because the Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore, God makes a provision for us. He commanded his love to order us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's the provision. He died for our sins, your sins, my sins, the sins of the entire world. And then he gave us an invitation. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock, and if any man hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in to him and he'll, I'll sup with him and he'll be with me. For whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord, not might be, not perhaps be, but shall be saved. So now you have a decision um, to make. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, the Bible decrees and declares that you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's just that simple as A, B, C. A, admit that you're a sinner. B, believe that God, that Jesus Christ died for your sin. And C, confess him, give your life to him, and let him work things out for you. He's a God of no limits. Nothing is too hard for him, and he's just waiting to work miracles in your life. So I want to say to you that if um, you want to get to know him, you can pray this prayer with me, a prayer of salvation. Lord Jesus, I confess to you that I am a sinner and I believe that you are the Son of God. And I believe that you died for my sin and that God raised you from the dead. Now, Lord Jesus, I have opened the door of my heart. Please come into my life today. Forgive me of all my sins and save my soul. Thank you, dear Jesus, for hearing my prayer and saving my soul. In Jesus' name I pray with much thanksgiving. Amen. And I want to let you know that if you prayed that prayer, welcome to the family of God. 
And today begins your new life in Christ because the Bible says that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. The old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. Now, in order to live this life more abundantly, um, you will need to seek and connect with and join a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church. Because you want to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you want to learn about the many promises God has for you in his word. Amen, amen. Above, above all, please remember, he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He's the God of no, and he wants to show himself strong in your life. Amen, amen. All right, Brother Rob. Um, I'm going to turn this over to you for announcements and whatever that is you would like to share with us. Okay, okay. Thank you so much, Evangelist Cheryl, for tonight's episode. Uh, I truly enjoyed it, and I hope everybody else uh, enjoyed it likewise. And uh, for those that had uh, turned their life over to Christ, you know, welcome to the kingdom. All right, so real quickly, I'm going to go ahead into the announcements. This is a product of Purpose Kingdom Network. I'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining us for tonight's episode, no matter where in the world you're listening to us. Whether you listen to us, over the internet or you're calling in, we thank you so much. Anytime we do a live broadcast, we're broadcasting live on www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. And we do have a call-in number, so anytime we do a live show, you can call in at 319-527-6091, and you can press the number 1, and you get a chance to talk to our host. Uh, and also, if um, you'd like to listen to any of our previous shows, you can go to the same website, www.blogtalkradio.com, backslash Purpose Kingdom. Um, there you just simply type in the host name or the show name, and you can listen to that show in its entirety and at your convenience. And uh, we thank you so much for those that share with their friends and family members. Okay, also if you want to uh, connect with us via email, you can contact us at purposekingdomnet at gmail.com where you can send your comments, questions, concerns. You can simply say hello or send a prayer request. We gladly honor that. Um, and also, um, we invite you to like us on our Facebook page at Purpose Kingdom. There you can see our upcoming shows and advertisements. And from time to time, we do make some of our announcements to uh, what's going on with Purpose Kingdom. All right. And uh, with God's will and God's blessing, we hope you join us tomorrow evening at the 8 p.m. hour. It's going to be the show, The Turning Point, and it's going to be by our ministry couple, uh, Elder Charles Lee and Reverend Maureen Lee. <clears throat> so once again, with God's will and God's blessing, we hope you join us tomorrow evening for The Turning Point, and it's hosted by Elder Charles Lee and Reverend Maureen Lee, and uh, so please uh, feel free to let your friends and family members know that Purpose Kingdom Network is going to be on the air tomorrow at 8 p.m., okay? And um, also, to let you know, um, in case you just want to have something to listen to, uh, we do have a radio network, which is pkn.com. So go ahead and check it out. Feel free to to check it out, pkn.com, where you'll listen to 24 hours of music of inspiration. We thank you so much for listening to us tonight and continue to listen to us. And with that being said, it's going to be the end of the announcements, and I'm going to bring back on Evangelist Cheryl Johnson. Amen. To God be the glory for the things he has done and will do in your life. I'm just so glad that you joined us today. And 
I know that this message was uh, for me, and I'm sure someone else uh, just got reassured that we serve a God that can do anything but fail. We serve a God who sits high and looks low. We serve a God who has no limits. Nothing is too hard for him. And when it looks impossible with you, it is certainly entirely possible with him. And all he wants us to do is to trust him and believe that he can work those things out for his glory and for our good. So um, continue to seek God. Continue to seek his face. Pray. Fast. He's with us. He's for us. You will be victorious. You will be healed. You will be delivered. He's got no limits. He has no limits. So it doesn't matter what the doctor says. It doesn't matter if they know or they don't know. It doesn't matter what the trial is what the problem is, what the dilemma is, what the circumstance is, it doesn't matter. God is sovereign and in total control, and he will deliver you. He will heal you. He will set you free. Nothing can hold him back from doing that. He's the God of no limits. Amen? Amen. Until next time, let the word of God be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. I'm Evangelist Cheryl Johnson, and you have been listening to In Search of the Truth. I bid you peace and God's blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus lives. He raised me. I will not lose. He saved me. I will not lose. I will not lose. Never wanna see me down, I will not lose. Save me, I will not lose.